Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. It's the Irishman running abroad, as always, with me over here and Sonia over there. Sonia Sullivan, you're in Seattle. How was your Sunday? Yeah, I've gone, I've gone an hour behind you again further. It's like we're dipping in and out of the seven hour and eight hour time difference. And surprisingly for Seattle, it's absolutely amazing tonight. The sun is shining. It's beautiful, but it was like when we were going, I picked up Sophie and a couple of her teammates this morning to go for the Sunday long run. They were heading out to a nice forest, which was very nice because it was a bit of undulations, which I haven't had in recent times because mm-hmm. it's very flat down in Phoenix. And um, yeah, sunny morning. And I think it was like zero degrees. And it was, yeah, as we got closer to where we were starting, it was going a little bit below zero. Oh, Lord. So it's pretty cold. But, you know, once you wear the right level of gear. And the gloves. Should, and the gloves. And the little, do you have one of these head warmer things? These, they're the best. Um, are you? Is it a full head warmer or like more like a sweatband that's a little bit bigger? Yeah, just around your ears. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I even had to, I had to hand one over to Sophie this morning, reluctantly, you know. They're kind of gloves, these headbands and socks. They're kind of precious items, you know. <laughs> and when you find, when, when you find a good one, <laughs> like they can last you forever. Um, but, you know, when you see them, you just have to buy them. You can't be waiting around yeah. hoping so. Well, we do need to talk about the 2023 Irishman Running Abroad kit. We are working away on that. Few people asking me. And this Sunday was the first day I got to see the Irishman Running Abroad singlet without the white vest underneath it. And I will tell you, Sonia, it's not a pretty picture when it's on me. (laughs) It's a skin colored vest, I realize. And it looks like I've got our logo tattooed across my back when you're sweating buckets the way I was today. More about that later on, though, in the show. Of course, we're going to review the 2023 Rahini five mile road race that I took part in. But I do need to say thanks really quick, Sonia, to the people that made that race possible. Dave Hooper, the race director, Dick Hooper, all the committee members and Mark McCormish, the chief stewards, uh, the, the stalwart volunteers like Christy Riley, Martin Kelly, Ray McCormick, Mary Purdue Stewart, who organised the kids' races, which were absolutely gas and beautiful to watch. Ronan and Lucy, of course, for my run results. The Order of Malta, the guards, who have to get a shout out, even though I walk by two of them, discussing spice bags in depth. Volunteers, marshals, bagpackers, commentators, and the crowd, Sonia, who lined the streets in North Dublin, giving us all the cheers we needed to get through the tougher moments of this. And speaking of tougher moments, I've been keeping an eye on... Sophie's long runs. <laughs> now, these are not long, slow runs by anyone's standards. What kind of pace were you doing with her today? Oh, well, I only crossed the road with her, I think. Once we entered the gate into the forest, yeah, no, we met all the whole University of Washington track, well, cross country and distance runners on the track team. They just ran off into the distance. And um, I haven't actually looked at Sophie's yet because I know she did a big loop and I did a smaller loop. And then I went out and back again. Um, but it was it was a gorgeous run. But she goes at a fair clip. But she does. I, we went for a coffee afterwards and she said she just goes, as long as she can talk and have a conversation, then mm. she knows that that's the right pace. And she's not out of breath. And, you know, I think you just naturally fall into that once you're fit. Yeah. And ready. There was some races here yesterday as well. So that's part of the reason I came here. 
I was in Spokane on Friday night um, for the annual Lilac indoor track meeting. And we had a few good performances there for the Union Athletics Club. And we had a couple of wins in the women's 1500, the men's 800, uh, the women's 3000 and the men's 1500. So there was some good performances there. But then I flew back across the snowy mountains, Spokane to uh, Seattle and up to the Dempsey Indoor Arena at the University of Washington. And this is like a hive of activity. It's unbelievable. If anyone ever gets the chance to see it online, it's the busiest infield of a track you'll ever see because there's not really anywhere to go. There's no stands. Right. It's just the track is up against the wall of this building and it's 305 meters around. Oh, right. So the and crowd's in the middle. Oh, yeah. They're not supposed to be, but they are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. or, else you're pinned, or else you're pinned up against the wall. Um, if they're using all the lanes, but then for the distance races, you can kind of edge out and because it's a weird distance, then the 400 meter split are all at an odd space as well. So you start the race and then you start walking around the track and they have these lights stationed for the first 400, the second 400. (laughs) You you don't just sit and watch you. It's like golf. You walk around and you follow the 400s from where the marks are and try to you know, get it. Otherwise, you'd have no idea what's going on in the race because you just can't get a feel for where they're at. Um, but Sophie ran 3,000 meters. She ran a, another personal best. So wow. she's t- taken them off this year. Fantastic. And um, she ran 9.03. So she was very happy with that. But the standard is just, it just gets higher and higher for the college runners here to qualify for the NCA indoors. Like every week, it just changes around. Like last week, she was ranked six in the 1500 and the 800 this week she's you know because she didn't run anything this weekend she's gone down to 20 seconds oh flip i mean how, how do you how does she manage no. that in terms of her own head um oh well they expect it you know they expect these things to happen eventually it settles down and the same people are running faster times so then they're not displacing people mm. so at the moment it's down there and she's tenth in the 3000 meters but i've been told she'll be displaced back down a bit next week as well so um yeah, she'll have to get back out there and run a little bit faster over the coming weeks. What's the best way to keep an eye before we move on? What's the best way to keep an eye on how things are going there for Sophie and uh, as she progresses through this season? Well, there's actually, for anyone out there who is interested in following the college athletics in America, they've got this great website. It's called TFRRS and it's probably .com. But if you throw that in, it'll probably come up and it just lists out the races, like the rankings are changing every week. But you'll see the amount of races that actually take place every weekend. It's unbelievable. Like there's just so many indoor races taking place. And and the big thing now is everybody's just out there trying to run fast. So they're yeah. all out there. They're not holding Imagine back. TFRRS.com. I'll stick it in the info and in the further episode notes available to our proud patrons over on patreon.com. We'll also get some sights and sounds from the Rahini five mile race later in the show. We'll get Sonia's tip of the week. We joined by David Gillick as well as a very interesting question from listener Noel Carr wondering about Vinny's training techniques in the lead up to this race. But let's bring Vinny onto the live line to talk about what happened on the north side this afternoon. Talk to Jar on 1850-715-815. Vinny Mulvey, brilliant to have you on the line. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. So myself and Sonia are on two very different paths if you're trying to catch up on what's been going on. 
Vinny is coaching Sonia for, of course, the Cove 10-mile road race that uh, takes place in Cove on April 2nd. We urge you all to go there. What did you have Sonia doing this week, Vinny? Well, she, first of all, I think I had you down to do your session on Tuesday and you did a Wednesday or the, the opposite way around, was it? Yeah, that was it. I did it Wednesday. Yeah, I move things depending on um, when I have to go to the track and watch athletes and when I have to get time to have a bit more time myself. Um, I just find when you're trying to do a bit of a session, you don't want to be rushing it, you know? Mm, yeah. And so I just try and um, find the day with the most amount of time. It's a bit like the long run. You try and find, you know, someday, hopefully you can block out that amount of time. Yeah, and you had uh, done. you had five by a K down and you, you broke it up in the middle, I think, to two eight hundreds or something, wasn't it? Oh, I did. I couldn't, um, I couldn't match the pace that I was hoping to match. I just was finding it difficult to, you know, go, I suppose, that five seconds quicker to get down close to. Yeah, and uh, that's, uh, that's a, that, yeah, that's a great lesson as well, isn't it? Like for. Like you're, you're experienced enough to know to do that, you know. Like yeah, so what I did was I, instead of doing after three of those and, you know, I was fairly steady what I was doing and I didn't want to smash myself anymore. So I decided, okay, I know I can do the first 500 at the right pace. So I'm just going to go for it because the first lap of the first effort was no problem, but it was just that extra bit. And yeah. I think you have to teach yourself to be able to run fast and to get that pace in your legs. So I decided to break it up and do two times 500. And, you have, to, and you have to be learn to be flexible like that as well for days like that when you're like, all right, I need to, I need to go to plan B here. You know, that's so smart. Like, you know, cause so, so many times people, and I've done it myself and you've probably done it as well in the past where you just get stubborn and you say, no, I'm doing this, you know, mm. and, and you end up, you end up just flogging yourself. Yeah, mm. because you think because it's written on paper that you have to do it. And I think sometimes yep. you you have to change it up a little bit and think, okay, well, this is going nowhere here. If I if I keep doing the same thing here, I'm not going to be happy about it. So I got to find something positive out of this. And, you know, this is something that we talk to, you know, the athletes that you're coaching as well as if things aren't going as smoothly as you'd like or you know, for some reason you're not feeling good, maybe it might be very windy out there is another thing. You might just have to change things up a list, little bit. And if you were doing 400s, you might have to do 300s because there's this gale of a wind on one straight. Right. And you just adjust it up a little bit and get the best out of the session. So you break it down. It's the same amount of stuff. You just break it down in a different way. And then the good thing is to always finish strong and to be able to get the last effort should be equal or better than the first effort. Yeah. Um, and then on Saturday, Sonia did three by 10 minute thresholds. Is that right? The two minute jog? Um, I did. Yes. Yeah. But actually, I did it on Friday. So again, I, so I, moved. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. I'm breaking all the runes now. So yeah. This goes back to the days when um, Sean Kennedy in Cove used to send me in the training programs when I was at school at Cove Vocational School. And I used to, you know, you'd have what was down there to do for the next two weeks. And I would just move things around that would suit. You know, what What else was going on in your life and the days that you had more time to do the longer runs or the longer sessions and then the days that you needed to just do a short run or a day off. Um, yeah. Just You just have to fit, fit it into your life and work things around it. And then I think you're more comfortable when you do that rather than trying to get up earlier. Like it was a couple of days where the weather, the temperature was really cold in the morning. But if you waited an hour, 
then the sun came out and it was fine. Well, this is this is really interesting, guys, because he, that is the question that we received from listener Noel Carr in Tralee was around this idea of sticking to what's written on paper. At, uh, he had a query about what you had assigned me to do on a race week. Vinny, why don't I play that voice note? Hi, Jarlis and Sanya. Noel Carr here. Fantastic performance today. Congratulations. Uh, great pace. I think you'd already be capable of breaking 20 minutes again for 5k, so you're really flying. My question for you, Sonia, and probably more so for, for Vinny is, can you tell me about this shakeout run that you did yesterday and whether that was actually sanctioned? It was under the impression that uh, running 8k the day before a race isn't the best idea, but I'm sure Vinny can um, throw some light on that if he did uh, give you the go-ahead for that. So look, I'd be really interested to hear about the wind-down to a race like that as to whether what's the ideal mileage and pace you should be doing in the three days we'll say leading up to the race anyway not taking away from your performance fantastic well done and uh, i look forward to seeing you in cove i'd say we might be uh, running closer together than, than i thought heading to malaga tomorrow night for some warm weather training should be meeting up with one of the irishmen and running abroad members liam given so i'm looking forward to that and i'll talk to you all soon well i i think it's better to do a run the day before a race um, not, not that I, I think I, I back that up with science but if you think about it um, 20, 30 or 40 minute shakeout jog the day before like shouldn't take anything out of you you mm-hmm. know if, you, if you've been training well so basically what, what a shakeout jog will do is it, it stimulates the central nervous system you know and it tells the brain kind of informs the brain of what you're doing the nervous system responds to that stimulus and it pro- promotes growth and recovery and that that growth recovery cycle you know it, it improves blood flow um and in turn nutrients and oxygen into the the muscles i suppose i always like about a shake out the day before a race is um and the morning of a race even you know like i didn't get you doing that today but like before rahini five i used to just go for like a and Sonia probably did this as well. I used to just go for a 20 minute jog the morning of the race, you know, because it's at three o'clock. Like. Yeah, it is a late one. But and, I, I've and, kind of followed it blindly. I didn't even think about this until yeah. Noel Carl sent this. Yeah. The last point I wanted to make hmm. was I always like the idea of visualization the day before a race, you know, and going out on your run, your, your easy jog and just visualizing how you're going to feel the next day where like standing on the starting line where you're going to make moves or how you're going to work hard in that last mile you know stuff like that so i like that as well you know and it kind of mm. calms you a little bit because you're not sitting around thinking about the race the next day you know yeah so well, um, it was of course the 39th running of the axa rahini five mile road race and it is safe to say this is one of the most eagerly awaited events in the athletics calendar here in ireland it was uh 3 p.m as Vinny said Uh, We all lined up at St. Anne's Park there with just like the best organisation, the best crowds and just such a great buzz, Vinny. You were down there to feel it. It it just there's some there's something weird in the air about it. Maybe it's maybe it's the fact that there's so many people. Sonia, did you see how many people were at this? It was like close to 5000 runners lined up for but, this thing and you're, no, I, I didn't actually notice how many I haven't I'm just looking at your results here now and you're you're chatting out there with all the you got David Gillick going you got the um 
the Adidas. You've shifted over to Adidas altogether. Oh, I know, Sonia. Did I did I plant that seed the other day? <laughs> well, you did, Vinny, because I've been doing my sessions in Adidas, and I said I'd throw on the Adi Zeros for. Not sure how well it worked out. What were you going to say, Sonia? Is this your second pair of these, or this is your first pair? This is the first pair of Adi Zero. It's these right. are the ones with the stack height of fifty millimeters. Are they illegal? Little, are they? Totally illegal. A little pair of stilts I'm running around on. But you know what? They've got an incredible amount of spring to them and I've been doing all of my track sessions in them. And of course, when you kick off in a race like this with that many people and you're that close to the front because Vinny had me well warned to get close to the front, get my elbows ready and take the first bend on the right hand side. I was sad to see a woman. <laughs> I'm not sure who she was, but she fell on that corner. But people scooped her up off the floor straight away, such as the kind of community of this run. She bounces up on her feet and we're all off. But you're running way too fast for that first kilometre, which you kind of expect, right? Which you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 402, absolutely killing it out there, the first kilometre. But then you have, as long as you can contain yourself and recover from it, then you're Mm. fine. And if in some ways, I I would (laughs) say I, I probably dialed it back a bit too much. It was in my head. That I was like, no, oh, just, you know, get into a cruise mode, trying to switch off the brain and kind of roll along with this thing. Then by kilometer three, as people will know, as my leg goes into cramp, as I say this right now, there's a beautiful bit of downhill in the Rahini five mile road race. It's a long old downhill down that stretch. What road is that, Vinny, that does that? The watermill yes. road, maybe, uh, is it? Uh, yeah, it might be. It might be that one yeah. indeed. But it's uh, it's it's a lovely Sibble, little refresher. Sibyl Hill. Sibyl Hill. That's the one. Yeah. And yeah. it's a lovely little refresher. But you know what, guys? My head was playing havoc with me. And I definitely have some battle scars from <laughs> Lauren. And this sense in my head that I was desperately afraid of tanking with Vinny on the sidelines, with Tina and Mikey standing at the finish line. Had it in my head, I don't want to go too fast here because how embarrassing would it be to have to crawl across the line on all fours? Have you ever had that moment, either of you, in your head where your concentration on the race is weirdly kind of broken by something stupid? Yeah, it happens all the time. I'm sure it's happened to Sonia as well. I think if you're, I suppose the more prepared you are, then the less chance you're going to be distracted because you're in focus on exactly what you want to do mm. and so I think you know when you pick out a race and you're a you're kind of dialed into that it's very it's easy to block things out but I think if you're running races all the time then it's easy to get distracted or if you're not prepared if you've had like a bit of a rocky preparation and things haven't gone as smoothly as you want so you're not so confident when you're getting ready to run around you, you don't really know what you're capable of doing mm. whereas I think when you have weak upon weeks of training back, backing up each other then you know you've prepared well so mm. then it's a bit like going into an exam and you know you've prepared well so you know it, it's going to take a real something that you can't control I think for you to not run well or to not get the results that you want yeah um, absolutely yes I think in fact Vinny and I have a an extra chat that you can hear over on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad a little bit of bonus content where we do talk a little bit more about that psychological side of this and how that sense of not quite having the homework done can throw you a little bit. Well, I have to say, I have to give a shout out to a few people who passed me along the way. Kevin Devine was one. 
who blew by me running a pace of 3.40. He finished it in a time of 29 minutes, 51 seconds. And of course, Johnny O'Toole from Dunboyne Athletic Club, the brilliant Dunboyne Athletic Club where I do all my training runs. He also ran an insane time of 29 minutes, 23 seconds. But there was just so many great uh, shout outs on the course going on uh, from different members of the Irishman Running Abroad Club. The person who won the whole thing, of course, was Ryan Creech, a Corkman, Leevale Athletic Club, and Mitchell Byrne finished second. Uh, ben Branagh finished third uh, from St. Malachy's Athletic Club. Overall, guys, it was my first ever five mile road race. It's a funny old distance, is it not, to get used to running for the very first time? Well, I, th- I think that's part of the reason why we picked these races was well he's used to going out and blasting a 5k mm. and he's done the half marathon or whatever but Jarlett needs to get used to running five miles then 10 miles and half marathon and then when you get to the marathon it's not such a big deal any distance you do for the first time or any event you do for the first time you're gonna there's a little bit of the unknown there and of course it's probably natural for you to kind of be worrying about just how i don't want to blow up here and stuff and look, I'd imagine because you have a podcast and people are looking up your results and all the followers are listed, you know, just saying, I wonder how Jarlett did. I, I, I would imagine it's an added pressure where you're like, geez, just don't make a fucking idiot of myself here. You know? <laughs> well, um, Sonia, maybe this is one you can relate to, but that definitely is a thought. I mean, I'll be totally honest. It is a little bit of a thought that there is a bit of ego and, you know, the tiny bit of yourself that's going on. What will people think? But... I found one of the harder things to do was, and that I've realized is that I'm not brilliant at saying hello to people when I'm doing it. <laughs> and that I learned well, that. Well, you're actually in the race. In the race, oh. yeah. People who. Yeah, yeah but who, why would you? Why, Sonia, you, you, don't, why, do you why do you want to say hello yeah, to well, people? Sonia, Sonia, you answer that one. I bet you get a, a lot of hellos and people wanting to have chats. I'm not on the same yeah. level, of course, but it just takes energy out of you, does it not? Yeah, no, I've been in a similar situation where people kind of run up beside you and they start to talk to you and they think that you know because I've run a lot faster before that this is actually pretty easy for me and even in a park run sometimes (laughs) you know if you're trying to run a good effort then you just can't talk and so you just have to be you're nearly rude you know but there's nothing you can do about it and so you I think the problem is that in your head you're kind of thinking and we can't talk here now, but how do I kind of get through this without, you know, sounding like I just don't want to talk to you right now. It's not <laughs> nothing to do with you. It's just that if I start talking, then the rhythm I've got myself in and the breathing that I have for this place is going to be all out of skew. Hey, one. Then, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing that happens, I think, is like in Cove last year, you see, you kind of put your hands up and you said, oh, I'm going to talk the whole way around and I'm going to interview everybody. Exactly. So then you automatically lower the pace and you're not focused on running the fastest you can you're focused on getting around and enjoying it and interacting with everybody out there yeah and i think i have a really hard time ever doing that like i just kind of once you're standing on the start line it doesn't matter what level or pace that you're going you're kind of like you're always going at the hardest you can nearly Mm. so it's very hard to talk and enjoy it i'd have to be you know, agree to go with somebody to do this. Yeah, yeah. And or be pushing a pram or something. It's very hard something. to do that. Yeah. 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 Um, Sarah Murphy also ran it. I want to give a shout out to Sarah Murphy, Paula Bradshaw, 
uh, Elaine de Courcy was out there. Uh, so many of you ran it. Jim Eustace, another man who ran it in an insane time. 31 minutes, 27 seconds. And of course, David Gillick was there. Friend of the show, David Gillick. They even grabbed him for a little chat after the race. Here with David Gillick, fresh from getting the old goodie bag. David, how did you find it? Well, it's the goodie bag. The goodie bag of the race. The goodie bag is pretty good. That's a heavy goodie bag. I like this. Um, no, the race. Yeah, no, I'm happy enough. Um, I probably was a little bit nervous to it. I didn't back myself and maybe go out. I sensed that off you at yeah. the start. Yeah. But overall, I'm happy. First race of the year. So I haven't done a whole lot since uh, Dublin Marathon. So I just wanted to get around in one piece. You look um, fresh as a daisy. Well, I got a mention on the PA in the last 200 because I absolutely launched myself. Love I went old school, 400 metres. But um, no, great atmosphere. So many people. Great encouragement along the route, and it was a great route because you're looping back. Yeah, exactly. So you're seeing kind of gives like spectators the opportunity to see it numerous times. But uh, yeah, no, happy enough. Yeah. Would you do it again? Of course, I'll do it again. Yeah, yeah. next year, me too. Good to see you, David. And you. Now, one of the things that David said in his chat there is that he didn't back himself. Now, what what do we mean by that? Can you guys explain the importance of that and how? What do you do when you don't feel yourself on the start line feeling that confidence? Is there a way of tricking yourself? Like, is there anything David Gillick could have done to convince himself to back himself, even though in his head he was way too far back? He told me he had a nightmare getting there from Dundrum. Uh, what do you do if you find yourself on the start line of a race like this and you're not in it? Do you just fake it till you make it? I think what you need to do is you have to forget about the time, I think, is important to just forget about that. Because if you start focusing on your watch, then you, you've already had a bunch of negative things come into your head all morning. Mm. So you're just looking for more negative. And if your first couple of kilometers are not on the pace that you'd ideally like to finish in, then you kind of throw the towel in altogether. So I think yeah. in that situation, if you can possibly find somebody who you know that you normally keep up with or that you normally beat or, you know, you're normally around that. So it could be someone in your age group. It could be someone from your club, just someone you know. Uh, it could be someone wearing Irishman abroad singlet. It's a kind of way up if you're going to be the first one in. Yeah. Um, so then you just kind of change it from being, you know, I'm trying to run a fast, a fast time. The time is not what's going to satisfy you, but the actual competition is going to satisfy you. And I think that's, you know, for athletes of a high level, sometimes they have to forget about the clock and just enter the competition. Mm. And in recent times, we've kind of begun to forget about that sometimes. And the time becomes so much more important than the race. And, you know, if you actually get in a race and compete in the race, then you'll be happy you know, what the time says, because you'll have given it your best. You'll have, um, you'll have got a good result because you'll be in a competition. So you'll fight to the end. And mm. and this is what actually Sophie's coach said this to her yesterday. Like she wanted to run a personal best. She'd never, hadn't run many 3000 meter races. And they set up the pace and stuff uh, in the race. And, you know, you try and break it down into times per 400 and times per one kilometer. And the coach said to her, if you just, try and compete and beat as many people as possible, then you'll be happy with the time that comes up on the clock because it's going to take this time to win it or to be in, you know, close to winning. Yeah. So if you can get close enough, then that'll be as happy as you need to be. Well, Vinny, we need to talk about what's on the menu for next week. And if you want to hear the rest of our conversation, including Sonia and Vinny's tip of the week, 
We're going to be talking about the one thing that people tend to forget after a hard block of training, and that's the necessity for a down week, which is what I'll be enjoying next week. What should a down week look like? What is the point of it? What is the actual science behind it? Sometimes knowing this stuff can help you actually do it and not half-ass a down week. Come on over to patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad. Gain access to hundreds and hundreds of hours of our stuff, including Sonia's half marathon training plan, which I'm currently compiling into a beautiful little PDF booklet that you can get upon signing up. It's all for the price of a pint each month. Just head over there now, patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad. I think anybody can be a runner. It just depends on what level of runner you want to be. It's a new world record for Sonia O'Sullivan. Brilliant run by the Irish girl. O'Sullivan has closed the gap quietly, efficiently, but most of all, economically, and that is important. Running is one of those that you can actually get started without too much. It's probably one of the simplest sports you can do. You really don't need a whole lot. People think they need more than they need. Well, that's an impressive piece of running so far by Sonia O'Sullivan. Yes, I am still running, but I'm running because I enjoy it. Sonia O'Sullivan is moving out nicely. Is this to be Ireland's first ever female world champion? Sonia O'Sullivan is on her way to another magnificent victory. Running is a kind of a, an adjective or that you can use to describe a lot of different things. And Sonia O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland and our home city of Cove. It's different for everybody, and I think now there's a much greater kind of acceptance among all levels of runners that we're all doing the same thing, but we're all doing it at our own level. Sullivan wins the World 5000 meter title. Only the second athlete in history to do the 5000, 10,000 double. Sonia O'Sullivan has rewritten the history books in Budapest this Sunday evening. That is simply magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>